Yo, 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 what up? Welcome to a, a, a on the road edition or episode of Selena's Underground podcast. So Cujo's not here to say sub. I, I should have, I should have trained you, Leah. Sub. Yeah. No, you gotta go sub. <laughs> so anyway, we, we are here at the at the Gabaland Room of the National Steinbeck Center. It is the national is the Steinbeck Festival. It's crazy. If you can hear, it's like Woodstock over here, man. You don't even know. There's drugs, music. Naked people, mud. From all over the place. It's insane. It's insane. We find a, a nice little quiet corner to get away from the madness to talk to y'all. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it is Saturday. Cujo is is working for the man, unfortunately. Mm. All you people, stop sending packages. I was telling them, dude, if we could all coordinate as a country and not ship for one day, we could give Cujo a day off. Come on, America. They got Dude. grandchildren and stuff. They need their toys. Yeah, that that's true. Um, but anyway, so Kudra didn't make it. So so Leah, our social media manager, who you all know at this point, um, and if you don't, anytime there's a good picture on and we got a bunch of likes on our Instagram, it's because she did it and not myself. Uh, and she's she's filling in for Kujo today. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill, Leah. I can do it. Uh, I believe in you. I do believe in you. Uh, so what... Have you, are you, dude, so we're at the National Steinbeck Center, and you, you've been to the center before, right? But you mentioned that you don't know, you've never been to the museum I've part of it? been to the Steinbeck uh, Center. Yeah, which is the whole thing. The whole thing. I've been back in the day for Relay for Life meetings. Oh. Which I can't remember which room it was in because I don't see anything that large. Maybe it was in the back before they put all the patio area in. There's two. Well, if you're listening to this, you you can't. You don't know what we're looking at. But to the left of us, uh-huh. there are two big okay. rooms on that <laughs> side of it. Maybe that's what it was. And then I've been here for the food and wine festival. Oh. Which, funny because I was all afraid to walk in here with our free beers that we got here from English Ales. Shout out to English Ales. A real English dude. Pete. Real English dude. Real English. Very dry. Yes. I do. Love him. He, according to him, he he helped build the Penny Farthing in downtown, right? That's what he said. He opened it up. Him and his partner opened it in 1984 as the Penny Farthing and served his English Ales there up until... It became the Selena Sports Tavern, what, not even 10 years ago? Yeah, not ten, definitely not 10 years um, ago. And he said, and I quote, they had different ideas. That's really, End that's an older way of saying things changed. Like, fuck them people. Not fuck them people. And that's when I stopped going there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, if you if you live in Selena, so you, all, you all saw the change. I, I, I personally, I, I don't think I ever did when... They're very much anyway. When I was like 20, 21, I thought I was a really cool like Bay Area. I would go party over it there. Was, it was pretty chill in there, you know, just just like us at XL. Like I used to go there and chill there and talk to I can't remember the bartender slash owner's name at the time. Um, but it was cool, you know, it's just right there downtown and it was relaxing and it but it had a an, the environment was again more XL and than it was, Dubbers. It wasn't so ratchet. Uh, well, I mean, then not Dubbers, not ratchet. But okay, I see what you. Mean. You don't think Dubbers is ratchet? No. Well, again, I again to me Dubbers is more. It's louder. It's more stuff. You can't really, you know, especially on a Friday night. It's hard to go and have a conversation. 
Right. Which again, it's fine if you know that if that's your thing because that I love that. Yeah. Just... Well, it would get a little loud on Friday and Saturday nights, but um, not nearly as how it does now. It's totally a different crowd now, but it used to be that comfortable place. And me, you know what? To be honest, maybe it still is. Kind of like how we enjoy going to Dubbers before it gets to that crazy point. Yeah. Maybe it's still like that, but I just kind of don't really give them <laughs> literally the time of day anymore. Because I'm just so turned off by what it is now. If there if there was less options, let's say XL or and Dubbers weren't there, do you, you mean think if I get kicked out of those next two places? <laughs> no. Well, I'm just saying no. Would you go there because you had to, or were you just like, well, I'll just go out to Monterey or, or somewhere? I would. I would go there if I had to. Yes. But then again, like at this point at our age, we are not the Friday night, go out, you know, dance, meet people or whatever. I mean, we like to get drunk and dance. Right. But it's an older way of doing it. it. Well, yeah. A lot of people that uh, like say younger coworkers or people that are into that kind of type of mingling, um, they still go there. They're like, oh, like we're going to start here. And that's just like, oh, well, I'll meet you at Kingsden later instead then, you know. Which is so crazy. I mean, you go, you think about when it was penny farthing, and if you were to be like, "Yeah, I'm not going. Not. I'm not going to the penny. I'd rather be at Kingsden." Like, what the hell? You know, but twelve years ago, people would be like, "What the fuck? Are you right. crazy?" It was. It was. I'll meet you at the. Pe- I'll meet you at the penny farthing. For real. Yeah that that was what we had for a long time, and so do you think it's just. It's trying to be something that is just old school. That's downtown Salinas is not anymore. Or are they just like, ah, this is our own vibe. We're never going to change. Are they just kind of stuck in the times? They just got to realize like, hey, Salinas, downtown Salinas is different. The the people, how they drink is different. What they require is different. Yeah, I think they're just, I think it's just the owner and they're just stuck in doing things their ways. Like the guy <laughs> said, like Pete said, he pretty much put it perfectly. Like they had their own ideas and... It might be working, and it's for it's for a very small percentage of us drinkers that it's working for. But um, hey, you know, whatever, it's their bar. Cash only after nine p.m. Come Which on. I mean, I don't know enough about money or accounting. Something's fishy. Yeah. <laughs> Something. What? What could it be? I don't know. You know, <coughs> I hate on them, but they still have their social Wednesdays. And, you know, DJ Raven still gets down there. And what's the girl's name? Ice Cream Adventures? <laughs> who does it down there? I don't know who does it. What's her name? Oh, the girl, I, she used to be at Costa Sorrento back in the day for their gay nights oh, on Wednesdays. With the laser beams and all that. Luna, DJ Yes, Luna. yes, Luna. That's so I got to give it up to them, of course. But other than that, nah. But that's just my opinion. Well, but I'm not a hoochie mama, so... That's just me. I, I, dude, we need to have you on the show more often because your your opinion is rarely is. I'll I'll talk, I'll talk that way with you off the mic. But sometimes I feel like I I'm just trying to promote Salinas and all that, and I feel like because we're not talking, we're not saying avoid that place. No. You know, we're saying that's just not our it's not our vibe. Exactly. Um. So yeah, but it, it, so if yeah, so thank young, you for being honest. If you're a young buck out on the prowl, or if you're a young hoochie mama out on the prowl then 
on a Friday and Saturday night, then the Sports Tavern is a place for you. And it's also one of many drinking establishments. What establishments? If you're drinking. Uh, if you're doing a pub crawl, like, there's not enough downtown. You have to include them. You know, you have, there has to be a stop in your crawl, even if people so, don't. Yeah, you know, it's, it's iconic in a way just to me, like how Growers is, you know, just right there on the corner across yeah. the bank, the brick. The brick, yeah. They don't have the penny farthing thing there anymore, no. but it's still, it's right there and you know what it is. You know, alcohol is just beyond that. Door. Yeah. Man, yeah, it'll, it'll be a quick minute on the pub crawl. Um, they, you know, they're one of the few places that have a pool table still. Oh, true. And darts. I'll give them that. I will give them that. That is true. They did keep some some of that stuff. Um, XL, though, is really, really trying to push it. They got yeah. shuffleboard in there now. They do. They do. Yeah. These people, they totally want to come in here and chat. They have, they're seeing the sign. They're seeing yeah. the sign. So, yeah, so we're sitting here again in the Gavilan room, which is right outside the exit of the museum part of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... It's weird. This has been in Salinas for so long. It's such a Salinas institution, but so little people that I talk to have actually experienced it. And like you, especially the museum part. Oh, right, right, right. Like I said, I used to come here for Relay for Life meetings, but I've never actually been in the museum part of it. Yeah, I've done it recently. Again, now that I'm getting friendlier with them. And it's super cool because it's interactive. You could touch everything in there. Really? Yeah, then I've never, I mean, not that I go to museums all the time, but usually museums are like, don't touch shit, right? Like, right. It's, museum. I'm curious to find somebody who's, I want to see like who came the furthest to come to this thing today. Like, we've got a girl here. She's walking her tour right now. She's from Half Moon Bay. She's going to come through here afterwards, hopefully. She's had a cute little yellow backpack. On the way here from my house, I live like two blocks away, and this man was walking with his dog. And stopped me and asked me if I'm from here. I said, yes. Where are you from, homie? (laughs) (laughs) And then um, he asked me if I knew where the Steinbeck house was. And was like, yeah, bro. It's like literally you cross that street, you'll see it right on your right. It's right on the corner. And I should have asked him where he was from. He was obviously not from here. I wonder where he came from. Did he have an accent that you could recognize? He did not. Okay. So he's probably from California. Yes. I think most of these people are probably from California. But it would be really interesting to find people from a different state, even in another country. I wouldn't be – I mean, I would be surprised, but I'm sure there's got to be somebody here from far. Well, is there anyone here from Salinas? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. That's probably trickier. Yeah. (laughs) I think everybody here is from like Carmel, Monterey, PG. It's cool, though. It's a beautiful day. The farmer's market was there. The The SPCA was here. They had a little dog show. Travels with Charlie lookalike contest. Very easy to win if you're the only contestant. (laughs) Very, very easy to win. He yeah he looked like Charlie I'll give him that He's I thought Charlie was a little dog yeah that's not it's not going with the times <laughs> trying to trying to whitewash everything over here uh-huh. um but this this is cool um it's it doesn't really feel like an event though I don't right. I, I don't know no, what's going on because it's not about alcohol that's why there's free beer well there, well I don't know if you pay I don't think anyone's paying the guy doesn't have a register or anything. Pete, you're, right. you're the homie. Way to crush my spirits. I thought I scored us two free beers, no, but now I'm I, thinking un- they're just free for anybody that's here. No, until you see them 
somebody not paying for it still assume that we got it for free. <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks. Uh, for your because of your coolness. Careful. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the hell? I'm over here. I'm trying to keep everything in line. We got a couple of people coming in. Actually, let me pull up their names here. We have Albertina Padilla. Mm. So she's got a. It's a it's a documentary, I believe, called Mi Historia. Oh. And. It's a living archive of Latina, Chicana, Hispana, Indígena stories. In, indígena, Indígena, Indígena. Sorry, my fucking pochones comes out. I swear, I am fully. What's full, that, pochones? Pocho is, is a pocho is a Mexican that doesn't speak Spanish. Oh. They use it in Mexico really. Is it pocha? Am I a pocha? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you, you really, you, in Mexico, they use that and they're really trying to be rude. Okay. Yeah. They're really trying to be rude. So, Got um, it. so anyway, so that's going to be super cool. She follows us on what? Uh, well, she reached out to us on the Facebook and said, Hey, I'm going to be at this event. Oh, right. On. I just wanted to say hi. And I said, Hello, come <laughs> over, tell us your historia. Yeah. Uh, You've heard me, Historia. Now tell us your Historia. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully she reaches out. And uh, also maybe uh, Lori, Lori Coyle. Mm. Lori Coyle. What she do? For Adios Amor. Oh, what yeah, is some it? sort of like story or poetry. Storytelling right? after our film session. Cool. I saw that on Instagram somewhere. Oh, it's about that woman who was like the first woman union girl. Is that it? Is that the same thing? Sounds. Yeah. Lideres Campesinas. Is, it, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> if they come on, they'll tell. Obviously. Well, I mean, I, this was a bit short notice. I've been sick this whole week, which was made it even worse. Um, yeah. Being sick sucks. Yeah. Dude. And then. I didn't check messages for three days, and all of a sudden, it's all crazy. Uh, and but we're here, and I, dude, I want to tell these stories. I want to tell these these stories of stories. Oh, right, audio some more. The search for Maria Moreno, the first farm worker woman in America to be hired as a union organizer. Maria's story was silenced, and her legacy buried until now. On the um, In Search of America flyer for the thirtieth, thirty eighth. Annual Steinbach Festival. All right, we're back. We're back now. Empty your room. The room the room emptied out, but we got the important people here. <laughs> <laughs> All the people that walked away are like, what about us? No, they were great, great for showing up. Um, but we're sitting here with, is it Valentina? Albertina. Albertina. Yeah, I, was, I have it in front of me, and I just kept trying to, to say it. Um, well, actually, introduce yourselves instead of embarrassing myself. Yeah. Albertina, I got, I got Albertina. There we go. I got Albertina. <laughs> Elizabeth, I, I... or Valentina. Te vas a decir de Elizabeth well, or Valentina? Valentina. Valentina. Yes, yes. Valentina. I am. I knew there was a Valentina. See, you're right. right. You're right. Valentina, you're you, always right. One of the three is. I'm right. sure. You got it. You got it. One of the three is. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So Valentina. And tell us about yourself a little bit. 
your the organization you were you were with? Pues tú eres, hablas español, ¿verdad? Sí. O hablas inglés. Todas hablas español. Todas hablamos. Todo en inglés va a ser. Todos. Este, este es un podcast en inglés. Acá. Okay. Okay. Menos la americana ya. Ah, oh, sí. Ah, sí. Vice versa. Vice versa. That's good. Okay. Por español, Lori. Pues de modo. Ah, pues sí. ¿Escucharon en radio anoche? No, Pues sí, me defendí en español. Claro que sí. Claro que sí. Sure. And you three are here because you screened a film, right? Here at the Steinbeck. Let me actually. Um, and it's there's so much to it, right? There's so many organizations that seem to be coming together. I, I've been okay. researching more of this Mistoria.net, yeah. mm -hmm. and it looks like this film is a part of something mm -hmm. that. Right. So let's okay. try to unravel all this <laughs> onion. Oh, okay. So, Should I try and give a brief overview? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. It was many years ago I was working on a film about Cesar Chavez and the Farm Workers Union uh, called The Fight in the Field, Cesar Chavez and the Farm Workers Union by uh, two Latino filmmakers, Ray Tejas and Rick Dada Flores. They sent me all over the country to research movies, audio recordings, photographs, documents about the United Farm Workers roots and early movement. And I was looking for materials about that movement when I found a stash of hundreds of photographs, proof sheets of a woman organizer and nobody knew who she was, but she was not anonymous. She was clearly commanding an audience. Uh, she was passionate, she looked charismatic. She was traveling with her children and being some kind of activist and leader, but nobody seemed to know anything about her. And I was so stricken with the photographs, I said, someday I want to track her story down. So it took me many years to do that. But uh, when I eventually started the process of searching for Maria Moreno, I started interviewing the photographer who had captured her image. And that led me to a reporter and a radio producer and different people who had known her back in the late 1950s. So this is before Chavez and Huerta had started the NFWA, which eventually became the United Farm Workers. And so I was about a year or two into this project. Uh, I had a partnership with a group called Chicana Latina Foundation, which is a Bay Area foundation that provides leadership training and scholarships to Latinas, most of whom are the first generation in their family to go to college. So I was like, hey, I'm doing this project about women getting left out of the history book, and I'm really excited about this notion of community history. And I came in there going gangbusters, wanting to, like, do some kind of training, you know, to share what I had learned over, like, 30 or more years about uh, digging up the past. And uh, they said, well, that's really nice, but we're really much more interested in your doing a storytelling workshop with us. And I said, what's a storytelling workshop? Because <laughs> I really didn't know what that was. Anyway, we all did a storytelling workshop together. It was very exciting. Brought together 20 women who were asked to write a story about a woman who had made a difference in their lives. So not somebody famous, 
like Dolores Huerta or yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt, but somebody who, who had made a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. And people wrote stories about, they interviewed each other. They told stories about their grandmothers, their mothers, their teachers, their aunts, their uncles, whatever. Um, and it was very powerful. And I said, well, what do you guys want to do with this? It's really, I feel like this is really an amazing thing that we should keep going. They said, well, we don't have the bandwidth for that. Then just by accident, I just happened to be going to an event and I heard Albertina Sarasua Padilla speak. (laughs) And she really blew me away. She was very passionate. Uh, She was speaking from a very deep place uh, about uh, what inspired her and what she wanted to say. So, of course, I had to introduce myself to her. And uh, we gradually became friends and started talking little by little by little about this project, Mistoria.net, which for me came from the idea of my history and my story. And I was so excited to learn that Albertina was not just a teacher and an activist, but she was also a storyteller. So we launched a website in 2013 and began Mistoria.net, right? Mistoria.net in 2013. And we went bilingual a year later. And Albertina started doing storytelling workshops in 2013. I have a question. All this information that you were gathering your work, your work, all this information you're gathering, you're working for filmmakers or just an organ out of a hobby of yours? I didn't get all the background story. What were you doing all this for? He reached out to you and said, hey, can you do this research? But why did And these men, are they directors? Are they, are they, are they writers? Those men that you mentioned earlier that kind of, that seemed to hire you to gather this information? Gotcha. I'm an independent filmmaker. Okay. Everything that I work on in the documentary field is uh, supported by grants. And you that means out, one day we'll figure out grants on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Uh, yes, <laughs> happy to give you to try to give you advice. So everything that I've worked on has been funded by going out and fundraising. So Ray Teyes, uh, who is a Chicano filmmaker originally from Los Angeles, he lives in the Bay Area, and Rick Tejada Flores, also originally from Los Angeles, from a Bolivian family, they. Uh, kind of came up through the ranks and were in the first wave of Chicano filmmakers in the 1970s. So they were making films uh, about history and culture. And uh, it took them a while to... It wasn't until Cesar Chavez died that foundations agreed that it was important to tell that story. So they got funding from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, all of these things to do this major history of the United Farm Workers Movement. And um, that was 20 years ago. It was, at the time, it was the PBS program that had the largest Latino audience ever in PBS history. Wow. Right on. So they're still kicking it. They're still doing their thing. Um, And I think they hired me because somehow we met and they figured out that I had some research skills. Uh So they brought me on board. I was the third wheel. I was the associate producer. And I was doing archival research for them. So you had found these photos and it just happens to tie in with what Albertina had already known about? Not really. We were all, we were starting from scratch, I would say. Um, okay. What you already knew about was the storytelling piece of it. You want to you want to take over here? Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, I remember that I began to do research for you about um, you know different things uh, first related to to the film, uh, but then more along the lines of storytelling and what was there out there in the world uh, that told the stories of Latinos or Chicanos or, or what was out there, mm-hmm. um, and there wasn't much. There was just I Nation that was starting up. Uh, I Nation is a um, Film, um, film slash uh, social media platform that tells the stories of immigrants. And uh, we wanted to go deeper into the stories of uh, Latinas. Um, there wasn't anything out there. Um, and we began little by little uh, by uh, grant funding and talking to other people. We began by hosting a workshop at the Oakland Public Library at the Cesar Chavez branch, which is located in the Fruitvale District, which is the um, Latino uh, neighborhood in Oakland, and calling mm-hmm. people to come. People came. Uh, and shared shared <laughs> stories with us. Um, you know, uh, we were looking for a way to engage people in the film uh, and not make it um, and make it something where people had a place to to um, to put their stories and have them available to a larger audience and to to young people um, because uh, they need to know mm-hmm. what. Uh, people have gone through, what their own families have gone through in order to have stable uh, roots in this country. And you need to know your history to know oh, who definitely. you are. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed this. Well, I feel like I'm speaking for most here, but definitely personally, um, our families seem tend to be very private. Yes. And there's so much that out of nowhere, I think, because we were on our way to her hometown. My mother opened up to me about all these stories about her growing up, uh, migrant workers as well, um, her parents, and then on to her and my father, and just all these hardcore stories that I never knew about, you know, until what, I'm 30 now. I'm just learning about, it's like, dang, mom, like you guys went through a lot and they just go about it. Um, and they had me very late and they just go about it so casually. And like, there's so much that I'm not aware of. And it was awesome for her to open up to me. And I wouldn't have known that otherwise. And and that's what happens with the film. It allows people to open up and begin to share their stories. Lori noticed that every time she's shown her film, mm-hmm. there's always someone that wants to, you know, stick around and, and talk about, well, well, my mom did this mm-hmm. and my mom did that. And and, it, and that's real yeah. important. It's real important to have uh, a way to, to broach those subjects because we have had a tendency to not talk about things that have happened. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, our elders are passing. Um, mm-hmm. Um, there are so many stories that we've already lost, uh, the stories of the braceros. I, um, I compare um, some of what we're doing to some of the work that the Japanese Americans are doing right now in trying to collect the stories of the people that have been in the concentration camps, for instance. Yeah. And their stories haven't been told, and they're now being told, but we're losing mm-hmm. we're losing a lot of that history. Yeah. And it's real important to, to maintain it because, yes, we belong here, and, yes, we have roots and those roots are really strong, and uh, you know we're, we're we're powerful. 
Yeah, it's and amazing. We, we need to be reminded sometimes of that power that we have. And if we don't mm-hmm. have those stories to fall back on, then, then you know, it gets hard. It gets real hard. Mm-hmm. I remember my father, um, you know, doing something and telling me a story about my having a little uh, thread in the middle of my being. And that when things were down, all I had to do was pull that thread and make it really straight and nothing would, you know, would affect me. You know, they, <laughs> people could say all kinds of stuff, but, you know, if I pulled that thread, you know, I was strong and I could be Aww. strong, you know, and it's, it's a part of, of that collective of, of history that those stories that, uh, enable us to, to, to move Encouraging, forward. Encouraging, inspiring. Yeah, to know that we are strong. Definitely. And wow. We keep mentioning this film, the film, the film, and that's the film, Adios Amor. Adios Amor. Yeah. Adios Amor, The Search for Maria Moreno will be on national PBS on Friday, September 27th on a series called Voces, which is, you know, typically on PBS, it's part of Latino Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. So they it's going to be... What's that? I think they did something, some bit about Salinas and that Voces thing, I think, in the past. Uh, yes, you're right. Hopefully. You're right. Um, there was a film about a farm worker boy. Oh, it was the teacher. The teacher and the boy. And that was on Voces. Yeah, that that's a really good example of a film that uh, that, you know, happens locally and tells a very universal story. So then have you two worked on other films together? No. Oh, okay. We came together around this project. And it was interesting because in the beginning, uh, the film was really driving the engine. You know, the film had the funding. uh, And I would, before I even met Albertina, I'd be going around the state asking people if they knew about Maria Moreno. And they would say, we never heard of her, but let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you a story. And then they would proceed to tell some amazing story about another woman that they knew. And I was like, okay, well, this is clearly not just about Maria Moreno. Mm-hmm. You know, people so, have stories to tell about the women in their lives. Yeah. And and it was Albertina who really made it possible. And then uh, a year and a half into us working together, uh, I had been connected through one of the historians on my project, Deborah Weber, to a woman named uh, 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 Mili Trevino Salceda. And Mili Trevino Salceda was the founder, co-founder of Lideres Campesinas, which is a statewide organization of farm worker women. Yeah. Valentina is a member of that organization and often a spokesperson. So Mili brought Albertina and I to Greenfield to do the first storytelling workshop with the campesinas. And that's how we met. So it hasn't just been Mi Historia. Now it's Mi Historia and Líderes Campesinas. And some years into Líderes Campesinas, you actually formed, you were uh, a formative part of the National Alliance of Farm Worker Women. Mm-hmm. So, so we have these strong partnerships. We don't yeah, work in, yeah. we don't work in isolation. It's so interesting. Cause I, I mean, I'm still trying to get the timeline together. I think smarter people yeah. that are listening to this are like, how are you not following along? <laughs> we need the genealogical <laughs> map yeah. or something. Cause the way I see it, so you got, Hired by a filmmaker essentially to do research. In but that research. was 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. I'm I, I, there's no so, way yeah. I could expect you to understand the chronology. I, 20 years ago, I was a divorced single mom. I had uh, a seven-year-old daughter. 
And I was freelancing for other filmmakers because honestly, I could not survive making my own films. That would have been an absurdity. Mm -hmm. So I was working from one film to another film to another film. And it was working 20 years ago in the Chavez film that I found the Maria Moreno pictures. But it was not until my daughter was grown up and had gone off to college Mm -hmm. that I felt, and, and my own mother had died, that I felt I had the bandwidth to then go out and search for Maria Moreno mm-hmm. and make a film about her. Yeah. But when I started, I didn't know what kind of story it was going to be mm-hmm. because I didn't know anything about her other than the photographs. Oh, wow. so. And had, were these like, is this some, like Indiana Jones type where it was just a dusty box or something that you <laughs> opened up and it was just filled with negatives or something where somebody, or was it categorized or cataloged? Somewhere? That's a great question. Yeah. Nobody asked that question, but that's a great question. Technically, they were not really lost photographs. In San Rafael, California, there is an archive called Take Stock, and it represents a handful, a small handful of really important movement photographers Mm. who documented the social justice movements of the 60s and 70s and 80s. So I knew that they had the photographs of the preeminent photographer of the farm workers movement, a man named George Ballas. So I went there to look at George Ballas's many boxes of mm-hmm. photographs, but there were these photographs at the back of the box that people didn't look at because they weren't labeled Cesar Chavez or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And so I seem to have been the only person that ever looked at those photos or that noticed them. And that's how. So they weren't technically lost photographs. They were in a, in a, ti- in a little tiny archive up north, very mm-hmm. close to where we are today. Is that photographer, did he live in Watsonville or something like that? No, but uh, I think you're thinking of Bob Fitch, yes, who was a, an amazing photographer who kind of, um, George started in the early years and Bob Fitch came in a little bit later because when George was filming the uh, photographing the farm workers movement in California in the early days, Bob Fitch was in the South following Martin Luther yeah, King. Yeah, yeah so when I was he going through his pictures. I mean, you go from Chavez to Martin Luther King. Why yeah. aren't there statues of this guy? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did. I had the honor to meet Bob Fitch in when I was working on the fight in the fields. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about the, the movie that was mm-hmm. screened today, Adios Amor. Um, and this, Adios Amor, who's leaving? What, 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 yeah. <laughs> Another good Adios, question. Adios Amor yeah. really means, it, it, to me, it just seems like, again, somebody's leaving for a long time mm-hmm. and I won't be back. Um, but yeah, so yeah. What, what's this film about? I think you kind of touched on something that's deep and not perhaps really terribly pointed or focused, but Adios Amor, Goodbye My Love, uh, refers to a few themes in the film. In the first place, it refers to the fact that many times migrant farm workers have to leave their families behind in order to be able to support them. Mm -hmm. So there's that contradiction. To sustain your family, you have to say goodbye to your family, which is painful and I think that the farm worker women in the room here can speak to that better than me. But that's part of it. The other thing is that when I was doing my research, I found some film footage in black and white from the 1960s. Farm workers in the Central Valley 
harvesting oranges in an orchard. And it's very beautiful footage. It was never edited or released. It was just filmed by the government and stuck at the National Archives, and I just found it there. And if you watch the footage, you see the rich life. The women are heating up the tortillas on a little fire that somebody started there, right there in the orchard. They're turning over the tamales. Um, there's little children running around. Uh, there's guys climbing trees. Like in La Bamba. <laughs> and there's this one voice that you hear that kind of comes from nowhere. It's a solo voice, a man who's singing while he's picking, and he's singing Adios Amor. It's so haunting, and it's so beautiful. And when I was searching for Maria Moreno, it was just like the song. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have a sense that she's there. You can hear the song, but you can't put your hands on it. You can't touch it. It's anonymous. You don't know who is the guy in the trees. You can't see him. Um, so it's really this haunting feeling of this song, Adios Amor. It's a presence. It's a palpable presence. You feel it even if you don't, if you can't put your hands on it. So I wanted to include that scene in the film of the man singing Adios Amor. Now, later on, when we were making the film, when I went and I met Albertina, and she's also a very intellectually curious, good researcher. She went online, and she quickly found out that Adios Amor is a song called No Llores Mas. And that song was very popular in Maria Moreno's era. So a lot of braceros who left their families in Mexico when they came to work in California, they love that song very much. There's a, there's a researcher from Salinas, He's at Berkeley now, and he's doing a, a project about Palaceros. And one of the things they did is they also found some negatives, some uh, I think, bought from Bob Fitch. And they produced them. And they were, it was interesting because they were scenes that you had seen, American scenes, you know, that you, you had seen, you know, with, with the Black community or, or the Asians and all that. And, and, or even the Irish or whoever, you know, you know, and... And it's things that you were like, wait, Mexicans went through that same thing? You know, like, like we, we um, the one that, that really stuck out to me, there, there was a, a picture of a bunch of Maraceros on a train going north. And one guy, he's hanging out of the train, he's giving his, his girl a final kiss. And I, I swear I've seen the exact same picture for like World War II. Yeah. You know, and, and the GI. And the ships. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was so, like, it was so interesting to me, like, and also how happy. Everybody. Well, that's another thing is that sometimes you're like the bracero and, and the field worker and all that. You seem like, oh, we were used and abused and dragged around. But these were a lot, very proud people a lot of the time that went mm -hmm. willingly. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and a lot of times knowing they will never see their homeland and okay with it in a way. And, um, and again, it, it was interesting to me. I saw these pictures three years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I was in my late 20s. I was well, I've been in Mexico my whole life, and it just the, the you know, my, my parents were field workers and all that, but I just saw it way differently. There was, a, especially, oh, there was one, there was like four guys with numbers like written on them, and the question always was, why did they get arrested? And the, the artist was like, the photographer always was like, what did they do? I bet, I bet the man screwed them over, and they're like, nope, these are braceros. 
those numbers are they're waiting for a bus to go, oh, you know, to go take them. There's uh there's one of those photographs in Adios Amor that was taken by Ernie Lowe. Yes, it's a it's a group of of uh Graceros, they are very natally dressed in their, they've got their press shirts, their huaraches, and they're wearing their beautiful straw hats, and they're standing very proudly, um, standing tall, and they're holding the numbers for the bus as Mm. they wait to go to work. So I I do know about that, uh, uh, that, and it's an interesting image, because you're right, a lot of people don't really know what it represents. Well, even me being, you know, Mexican-American and very proud of my heritage and all that, I immediately was like, that's a lineup. That's a police lineup. <laughs> the man got us again, you know? And then I asked the photographer or the, the artist that found those, those pictures and he was like, everybody thinks that. Everybody thinks that. No, those are men going to work. <laughs> Opposite. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then this Adios Amor is about Maria Moreno. I'm so curious about, about this, this lady. And... Um, Um, I think, you know, this movie is in a big, big legacy, you know, for farm workers, especially in this time that a lot of people is suffering. And um, especially, you know, immigrants, refugees, and and probably singing once again, (laughs) adios amor, you know, no llores más. And um, and then also because you know, for us, the land is for everybody. The land is for the people who is coming to work. See, without farmers, it's no food. It's the principal and basic element in this work. No, yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, and you know what? From these uh, wonderful people. Is people like um, Jose Hernandez, an astronaut, see? And some people feel embarrassing to say, oh, my father, my mother is a farm worker. For what? We have doctors, engineers, lawyers, you know, astronauts, just, you know. Yeah, I'm actually name it, name it about that. Yes, (laughs) and we have radio producers. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so this is a legacy Mm -hmm. for justice. Yeah. Yeah. To understand what is uh, this job and how value is a woman inside the field. And to me, that's also, I mean, this is get kind of a heavy topic, but dude, again, uh, sexual harassment in the work, workplace, especially for women, at this day is, is really finally, people oh, are yes. finally taking It's a notice. huge problem. And, uh-huh. and again, I drive up and down the valley. I've been driving mm-hmm. up and down the valley my whole mm-hmm. life. And it's one thing if you're here in the Taylor building, you know, you have mm-hmm. HR, you have all these people around you mm-hmm. to say, hey, something happened. If you're out there, you know, 20 miles away from Soledad, just in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. where's the recourse? Where, you know, and then you see it's it's one woman for every 10 men out there. And, and, and so, yeah, it yeah. just, 
I've never had to experience, not even being a woman. I mean, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. Way easier. <laughs> but uh, about a, a field work, you mm-hmm. know, and an immigrant woman a lot of the time. You, it all compounds, you know. And then on top of that, you, you add some kind of sexual harassment or something. You could see where they would be like, I yeah. have to deal with this. I yeah. have to put up with this for my family's uh-huh. sake, which is so And hard. that is important, you know, uh, to be in um, organization. You know, because this um, situation is important for us. Now, uh, like, for example, leaders campesinas went through um, together uh, with Me Too, you know, the Me Too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then also we have uh, some relations with Time's Up organization. Okay. See? Uh, is that Obama, Michelle Obama's? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Believe it or not, Time's Up is coming from the famous Hollywood artist. So you can oh, imagine. Oh, okay, yeah. That yeah. Was, that was a celebrity yeah. level. That, that was a celebrity yeah. an offshoot of the Me Too movement. Yeah. So first the women came forward with the Me Too, and then they said, well, wait a minute, there are all these women who are not from Hollywood are not multi- exactly. insanely and rich, and they need, they, need a, they need a legal... They need a legal fund exactly. so they can they can defend themselves legally. Mm-hmm. And you were the ones who wrote the yeah, that's why. statement that came out in Time Magazine. You want to exactly. mention that? Yeah. Yeah, you better mention that. Time Magazine. What is it called? Credentialing yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, um, Alianza Nacional and Líderes Campesinas, we was the first organization to participate together with, uh, you know, Time's Up and Me Too and the big protests in Hollywood yeah. Boulevard, you know. And was exciting, you know, to be mixed. You can imagine in the famous people and uh, to say dealing with um, farm workers. Yeah. was the first time in the history, see? And, and just because um, we was in front of them, and, and say, you know, you are um, talking about, you know, harassment and, and everything. And that's happened in the field for years and years and years and years. And through the organization, we are trying to educate, you know, farm workers to respect women's. Yeah. And this, this Lideres Campesinas, when did... How old is this organization? What is? Oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. This organization borns in Coachella Valley. Yeah. Forty years ago. Oh wow. Yes, and it's a, a, a statewide. We have uh, thirteen uh, chapters. You know, around uh, in California. California. You know, and the main office is in Oxnard, California. Okay. and so I'm assuming it's. Are centered around farm. Yes. Yeah. And we, and we have a sister organization that is nationwide, that is Alianza Nacional de Campesinas. That's so cool. Yes. And there's a chapter yeah. in um, Greenfield, there's a chapter in Salinas. Uh, of the yes. Lideres Campesinas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Chapter Salinas. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. We yeah. have here members from yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Alelia is from the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the women's mm-hmm. movement. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and usually, you know, through Time's Up, we offer, um, you know, like, for example, lawyers. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. like, eight. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Guiding. Exactly. Well, that's where I could, I could 
that could be the scariest part, you know, if you're like, well, I want to say something, but who do I talk to? Right. Yeah. You know? I don't want to <laughs> it, trust it, the cop over there. Yeah. Right. Like, they're going to point you in the wrong direction yeah. or say it. Yeah. Wrong, and basically, that is the connection, you know, between um, Líderes Campesinas, Alianza Nacional Campesinas, and Time's Up. And uh, if we find in a woman that is suffering for, you know, an um, uh, assault and something, we make a reference to them. Referral. Oh, Referral. so yeah, yeah, so it kind of, yeah, it goes to a bigger yes. nationwide organization. Uh -huh. Yeah. Hey, they yeah. don't need to pay because it's, it's highly expensive. You know, some yeah. people say that it's, uh, the cost is around 200000 for to follow one case like uh -huh. that, yeah. I accidentally called a lawyer last week. I'm still I have such a big debt. Mm -hmm. Terrible joke. I, I try to do it on the fly. <laughs> if you give me one more minute, I can work through that joke, and it would be way better. Mm -hmm. We're gonna give you a take. Lawyers two. are expensive. Yeah. yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> can we get a little bit more about the movie? The, yeah, because the the movie that was screened again, it was a film, a documentary about Maria Moreno. Correct. Right, just, to, just to, to, you know, get it nice and concise. You know, there are there's a lot of organizations present here, but really it was to, to show the film, the documentary about Maria Moreno, which you were saying it's actually it's going to get a nationwide release soon on PBS. On PBS, that's right. Yes. So, uh, Adios Amor premiered about 15 months ago at the CineQuest Film Festival in San Jose. And since then, we pretty much hit the ground running and we've been screening all over the country in festivals, conferences, community settings, all kinds of places. Steinbeck Center. <laughs> at the Steinbeck Center. So when the Steinbeck Festival invited us to screen Adios Amor here, it felt really special for a lot of reasons. I mean, Salinas is the heart of the agricultural uh, community yeah. here in this part of Northern California. Uh, it's not part of the film, but Maria Moreno actually settled in Salinas at one point in the 1940s, and she went to work on Cannery Row in the fish canneries. Oh, yeah. And her husband, yeah, and her husband was working at Spreckles Sugar Oh, oh. He, she was at the big sugar refinery and they built their first and probably only house that they ever owned was here. And uh, it seemed that they had stepped out of the migrant stream, but then they got, you know, they eventually lost the house and they had to go back and become migrant farm workers. But the other thing actually that really struck us about the invitation to come to the Steinbeck Festival had to do with the theme of this year's festival which is uh, In Search of America. And the way that Steinbeck interpreted that had to do with a book that he wrote, a journey that he took called Travels with Charlie, where in the 1960s, he got a little camper and he took his dog and he drove across country, looking, talking to people, looking to see what the situation in the country was. And he was asking questions about what is the American dream? What does American identity mean? Is the United States truly an, an inclusive country or is that just their claim? And so what he really wanted to look hard at was what was the state of race relations in the United States? Uh, what was, how, how were people really responding to the civil rights movement, really responding to, uh, to demands for equal rights? 
And uh, how can we all get along? And do we all get along? So the Steinbeck Festival people watched Adios Amor, and they were very taken with the fact that Maria Moreno, who is the protagonist of the documentary, she was an indigenous woman. Her mother was a Mescalero Apache. She was an indigenous woman with a second grade education. Mm -hmm. And she was elected by a very multi-ethnic farm labor movement to be their spokesperson. Mm -hmm. So her union, which was <coughs> before the Cesar Chavez, United Farm Workers, Dolores Huerta, was a little bit before that. It was at a time when things were shifting in California and the farm labor force had been very diverse. Um, there were Filipino, Filipinos, African-Americans, Okies and Arkies, Mexican-Americans and Braceros who came together around AWOC, the Agricultural Workers Organizing Committee, which was Maria Moreno's fledgling movement. Yeah. And so they came together and they elected her as their representative, which was really interesting at this time because this is 1960, before the March on Washington, um, the earlier days of what we call the civil rights movement. Of course, there's always been a civil rights yeah. movement, right? Uh, and so they felt that Maria Moreno, what she represented, the diversity of her movement, uh, that that really spoke to the themes that John Steinbeck was also trying to advocate for and and understand and talk about in the writing that he was doing when he was around. So, yeah, that's how we ended up here. You could probably say something a lot more succinct, couldn't you? <laughs> that's pretty long-winded. That's okay. Yeah. That's how I talk as well, so I enjoy listening to those kinds of things. Cut. <laughs> well, so what's next? What's... What What's, well, let's go left to right. You know, what, what's left, what's next for Líderes Campesinas? For Líderes Campesinas, what is next? Yeah. <laughs> meeting next week or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or more meeting next no, week. No, no. You know, something that uh, we are trying to make is um, more chapters. Oh, because yeah. we need to cover more, you know, counties. And it's one of the plans. Of course. So say somehow, okay, somebody in Madeira is listening to this. And they're like, I'm a... We have in Madeira. Where, oh, okay. Well, somewhere where there's <laughs> okay. not a branch. If Guess someone is there, not a branch, how could they reach out to somebody or how could they start the process of possibly getting a branch around? Do you guys have a website or social media or... Yeah. You know what? Um, they can find us in, um, in Facebook. We have it and they can follow us. And then also, you know, Alianza Nacional de Campesinas is uh, Campesinas uh, United. So they can follow through um, Twitter. We have Twitter, Facebook, and what is the, the other one? No, no. Instagram? Um, Instagram? No, it's the other one. Tumblr. WhatsApp. Oh, yeah, WhatsApp, yeah. Is, a WhatsApp is a good one. Yeah. So anytime. And then also if they have any situations and uh, looking for an advice or something, they can call us. And, you know, uh, the president of Líderes Campesines is right there. She lives in Greenfield, believe it or the not. Yeah. Right and it's uh, Audelia. And Audelia someone uh, 
that is listening to us in Salinas can call you. Sí, te pueden llamar si alguien nos está llamando en Salinas. Ya. ¿Cuál es tu número? ¿Cuál es tu número de teléfono? 831 So they're building it and they're building more information about the different chapters on their website. So it's www.liderescampesinas.org. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, campesinas.org. Again, I, I really doubt that any farm <laughs> workers or, or listen to our show that, that would like to start a chapter, but... Definitely anyone that wants to get involved or... or yeah. Everybody knows somebody. Yeah. 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 And then also, you know, something that we can say, we are always about, you know, women's, but of course, we accept any, any men. <laughs> you know, if, if, if it's any man, you know, looking, looking for advice or is uh, having some problems regarding um, um, labor rights and um, discrimination... Immigration, you know, yeah, things like that. Yeah, that person you didn't expect has the answers for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in a family, you know, situation. Sometimes. And so do you, do you guys, like, meet monthly? Or is there monthly meetings? Or do you just set up yeah. events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, um, every chapter has a meeting every month. Every, oh, okay. every month, you know. And every three months is uh, the board members. And directors, you know, yes. together. Oh, okay, yeah. So again, so if you're interested, there's all there's a meeting happening. There's there's websites that you can reach mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. It's pretty. Again, it, it it's weird when you hear about it and you're like, wait, well, I've never heard about this. But then there's so many ways to get in mm -hmm. contact. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. So again, we let us got this Look it up. That that that's super cool. What? Thank you for sharing your poems earlier. Uh, that's kind of how they got started. <laughs> they got started earlier with um, finishing up. Their um, the presentation, yes, from earlier, and they finished off in here in this Gabilon room where we're recording a couple of poems, one from each. That was really nice. Thank you. Thank you. And then the ladies commented as well. That was a cool way to get started. I definitely really enjoyed listening to this one. I, uh, I mean, not saying I enjoyed no, it, no, no, no. <laughs> or anything, but, uh, um, it was cool to hear both sides. You know, the personal one of the family and Salinas and then yours on the other side where you're coming from a little bit more um, political in a way yes. and um, the organic and all that. Uh, environmental. Um, like I being from Salinas, hearing things that I can recognize, landmarks that I, I recognize. Mm -hmm. and, um, we've had poems on before and yeah, when they talk about a certain street Yeah. yeah. I was, my mom was like, she knows what we do. And she's like, look at the Salinas book I picked up the other day. And I saw a building was like, oh my gosh, that's XL. <laughs> 1895. That's amazing. 
But um, big time, yeah, passionate about Salinas, obviously, and the heritage. And it was really cool to hear your side oh, of it because yes. I'm a, a hippie in a way and <laughs> organic and all of that. So that was awesome to I, hear. I, and I, I'm sure we was hippies. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was interesting to hear all of that. And you're right about all these effects of pesticides and whatnot. And I'm pretty sure just like everybody knows somebody with cancer, I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. knows, mm-hmm. at least in this area. And other farm areas, someone that's been affected by pesticides exactly. and conditions and back when that are still going on, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. My mom would tell it's amazing. Of her dad, my grandpa, coming home and his shoes just literally falling apart because he sprayed pesticides oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. In Mexico. <laughs> in, or again, El, El Centro area. Yeah. And, yeah, and so you could just hear her. They were just like, hey, they were just kind of sprayed. Exactly. Or yeah. no gloves, no any yeah, kind of protection. Nothing. And then, you know, yeah. then, then it makes sense why these organizations exist exactly. and why they, you know, they, more people need to know about them and, yeah. and all that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Business person's always going to try to make more money. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. And, um, and, and that's what business is. This is a business. We try to make money. Business, <laughs> yeah. you know? that, that's what it is. It's capitalism. Um, but really, when it comes to food production, mm-hmm. it's such a human element to it. it oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's almost competitive now trying to come up with these ways to protect food you know, unharmfully, as well as the people mm, now. Yes. I think I'm so grateful yeah. that that's becoming it, a thing now. Or not, you know, in this time, it's a lot of people that uh, doesn't matter if they went to the university uh-huh. and it's a, a professional uh, people. Uh, and, and this not only happened, you know, in this moment in the United States, also in Europe, you know, that people is, is coming back to the land and, and they try to create um, collectives, you know, farms yeah. or small farmers, you know, and let's see, you know, what happened. Yeah, I mean, there's locally we have Alba, right? Yes. That, that, that's what they do is they, they teach people how mm-hmm. to farm mm-hmm. and they rent them a exactly. little acre for, you know, yeah. 10% yeah. of the market rate or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's super cool. I have my garden in my backyard. Exactly. <laughs> See? Well, <there's> <laughs> one and a half pounds of quinoa. Just harvest it. One and a half pounds of quinoa. That's a quinoa. melon. Yeah. Actually, uh, Mistoria.net last year partnered with, or this year partnered with an organization called Cuesa which is the Center for Urban Education Around Sustainable Agriculture. Exactly. And they're based up in San Francisco, uh, but some of their member organizations are actually small farmers, including some small Latino farmers from down here. And uh, so they're trying to make the connection between food justice for the farm workers who are picking mm-hmm. the food, along with small farmers who are trying to go back to traditional ways of farming, exactly. along with people who are trying to come up with cutting cutting edge ways to uh, bridge, make a to build a bridge between urban people and how they get their food and the people who are actually providing that food. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Cuesa is really great group, oh, and exactly. they uh, partnered with Albertina. And Líderes Campesinas <laughs> on a storytelling event, right? How, you know? how do you, yeah. How to, how to... No, I was going to say, how do you guys have time for all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> You're exhausting me just hearing you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like your work, you know, you, you yeah. have fun doing this and yeah. you learn a lot. Uh, I've definitely learned more than um, I think I've taught anybody. Um, so... Uh, and I think um, it kind of also brings home uh, 
gratitude, you know, how grateful I am to all the people that have been a part of this project and all of the people who, who do the work that, uh, that, you know, we're seeing on a daily level. Yeah. No, and it, yeah, it's a tremendous amount of effort, I'm sure, just to, to get here to the Sandbox Center. <laughs> and you guys have been traveling around the country, you said, right? So this is kind of a local, simpler event, I guess, right? I don't think there's a simpler event. Every event has its, every screening has its own needs. Mm -hmm. And we don't like to parachute in with a film. We really, every time we work with any group to bring the film, it's a collaborative endeavor. We're trying to figure out what they need, who their target audience is, um, how we can use a film to start a community conversation because really filmmaking is about conversation on so many levels. It's about how, how do people identify with a story and how we can come together and share our experiences. And uh, so it's really about building community. And so, the, which is great, but what that means is that literally people invite us to come and we end up making their flyer because they don't know how to make a flyer yeah. or you, you, you yeah. just can't even believe this. Just, uh, they want a guest, but they don't know who to invite. And so it's, uh, it's made us be kind of like a fly by the seat of your pants, full service, uh, community. I don't know what to call it, but yeah, that's what we're Sounds doing. Sounds very familiar to a lot of things we've done over the years. <laughs> yeah. But again, I you mentioned if you're enjoying it, that's why we keep doing it. We've never made money in these last six years. Mm -hmm. um, I want to. Like I said, it's a business now. <laughs> Businesses should make money. But, it, but again, it doesn't matter because I really enjoy it. You know, I really enjoy telling the stories of my hometown and, and trying to be that. That changes the narrative. You know, mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. I grew up in Salinas and this whole time till this day. It's a gang town. Shootings all over the place, mm -hmm. you know. And that's the... That's, the perception. <laughs> like, I grew up on the east side. What are you talking? I mean, yeah, like, we all heard the gunshots and all that. Um, but <laughs> I, I stayed away. You know, like, it, was, it was simple to stay away. And, and I had this whole different experience and story of Salinas mm -hmm. than and everywhere you would go. It, 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 this is a big yeah. joke. Oh, Salinas, don't rob me. Don't rob me. I don't know. Oh, and, uh, and, and it's a joke, but it's like a lot of times it's like, you're, being really serious and that's my people that's my family lives there and all that um so yeah so i really am grateful that i get to be a part of, of again exposing these stories of you know i i really wish this was filled to the brim you know with everyone from salinas um but slowly we're, we're getting there you know we're mm -hmm. changing the perception of hey this town has some really cool stuff going for it and you all got to go out and explore and yes we can't Mexicans, Latinos, whatever. We can't just focus on the inside. We can't be there. I remember, I mean, we've never come down. I mean, in the 90s, nobody would come downtown. <laughs> this was Skid Row. You know, um, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't go to the beach. You know, we grew up 10 miles away. The beach is 10 miles away. You go to the east side, still, a lot of the kids mm -hmm. never seen the beach. You know, and, and it, we kind of get, you know, really focused and, Mexicans, you know, we're, we're all about family and all that. We don't need to go around. As long as our family's around us, we don't need to travel very far. Uh, but again, it's, it's important for us now, you know, to be out there, to be joining these mm -hmm. kind of organizations, making these kind of decisions. Um, and yeah, and I, again, I'm glad, I'm happy that I get to interview some of the, the 
cool people that, you know, doing all this cool stuff. Um, I, again, Maria Moreno, I, I am a history nerd, so I'm going to start on Wikipedia and then go down a rabbit hole and see. Maybe you can help me, actually, because... Because I need to set up a Wikipedia page for Maria Moreno, and I'm oh, kind well, of a, wasn't gonna find one. and I'm a, I'm a luddite, so I don't really know how to do those things. But maybe you can help me yeah, uh, get I, her page up because it's like it needs to be there. Yeah, I haven't set one up, but it definitely should because that's a, that's exactly where I was gonna go. Uh -huh. And um, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. you're right. Yeah, yeah it's build, it's that. building resources. You're right. It's yeah. all about building resources. And just to throw this out, uh, one of uh, the main funders of Adios Amor is Latino Public Broadcasting. Uh, they're one of the minority consortia. Actually, now they're not called the now. They just changed their name. It's the National Multicultural Consortium. Forget the minority thing, because you know the demographics are changing, right? And um, they actually uh, sponsored the creation of a middle school curriculum about Maria Moreno, oh, wow. which is on the PBS Learning Media site, which is a site that serves 3 million teachers around the country. So if you go to PBS Learning Media, you are going to find a curriculum called the Unsung History Makers. And the Unsung History Makers has a lesson plan about Maria Moreno. So it's all about creating resources and passing it forward. Yeah, yeah, again, because once people hear about it, it, it motivates them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, again, I've always wanted to be a business owner. Salinas, not a lot of Mexican business owners, even though it's a big Mexican city. But uh, six years ago, five years ago, I went to Google. Google has a, an accelerator for Latino businesses called Manos. And I got to see pictures, kind of like Shark Tank, you know, it was cool because I was in Google, never been in the building, used their products, um, but I was in Google, which was like super cool. Like, whoa, somebody from Salinas was invited to Google. And then we saw the pitches and the pitches were all Latino companies. And it, it was weird. I was walking around like, I have this feeling inside of me, like, what, what's going on? Like, I, I'm a heart attack or something. And I was thinking, you know, and I was just, you know, thinking, and I was like, dude, it's pride. I've never been this proud to be Latino. At that point, I wasn't even Mexican, I was Latino. Because there was Argentinians, there was Salvadorians, Mexicans. And I was like, I've never, these were, were people, again, here in Salinas, you, you have a Spanish accent, you try to hide it, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't talk. Or you stay with my mom, you know, to, to this day. She's married to a white man now. And uh, she's still, her, her English is just quiet about it. Well, these people were presenting, uh, the, the one, there was a couple in particular, they worked for IBM in North Carolina. One was Chinese, the lady was Mexican from Guadalajara. He spoke barely any English. She spoke barely any English. Like she, he spoke Mandarin, she spoke Spanish. But they were building a company together. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and at one point, people actually laughed at it. I forget what words she said, but it, again, it kind of it seemed, seemed kind of funny. A couple of people, you know, giggled. She just did her speech. She didn't care that if you can understand me, okay, I've got this great business idea and I'm going to present it. And um, so again, that was the first time that I got to see people, again, that talked and looked like me present something like that, that really, it seemed like it was a white people thing or a wealthy people thing. Um, so I walked away from there like, oh, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do it. So it's very important for people to hear these stories and see them 
you're not just like I heard there was a lady back in the day that used to <laughs> that used to get people together. But no, like here is my dear one Wikipedia page. Here is the documentary about her. She was a real living person that already took a huge step. You know, you, you think uh, as a people that we, we're pigeonholed back here, but no, there's been a lot of people that have pushed us forward and we need to stand on their shoulders to, to use that old phrase, you know? Oz, a lot of what you've just said right now really, really um, hits me um, because I know what you're talking about, um, you know, because I'm from from around here and I, I know the history of, of, of Salinas and I know the history of our people here. Um, and all I can say is that, um, you know, be unabashedly yourself, and be unapologetic. And that's like, that's the way to go. That's what the youth are, are showing us. That's, that's, you know, forget all the other stuff because I know, I know about all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's like, I, I, I can feel it. I, I, I can taste it. I, I see it. Um, and there is so much to be proud of here in Salinas, so yeah. much. I, I remember when I was coming up, um, what made me really, Really proud of Salinas in, in my time. I, 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 you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and my generation and the generation just after me were the first people that actually went to college. And, and I just remember how the community supported us. I remember like just the radio stations talking about the need for us to go to school and our families always pushing that, that, uh, that message forward, you know. And, and, you know, you hear the message that, you know, we don't go to school. Bull. You know, we do. And we are, we are important. We are educated. We are intelligent. We are so powerful. You know, and we have so much dignity here in this place. In this place, we have so much, so much. <laughs> that's why you that's, that's what, what I'm just that's the sound editor. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just drama. remembering the sound mix for Adiosa more and the guy having to cut out all the like people banging the table. <laughs> but no, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, I totally, totally get it, you know. And um, you know, out there, out beyond beyond Salinas, there's a whole world that hears that and sees that, you yeah. know, and, and knows that and knows we're coming, knows yeah, we're coming. Yeah, right. They know we're, we're, we're just right there. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why politically people are very aggressive. <laughs> I guess that, you know, they're like, oh, damn it. They kept knocking on the door and they showed up. Uh, but anyway, well, we're, we're about an hour into this. I, I have to put my sports writing hat on pretty soon. <laughs> going to San Jose. Uh, is there anything that you would like to bring up, either of you three, before we sign off here? I mean, we we can easily go three more hours. I know we can. Mm -hmm. This is a great a great conversation. Unfortunately, I can't. I need to be up in San Jose. Well, I would just say if you would if you're interested in a storytelling workshop, uh, you can go to www.mistoria.net. M i h i s T-O-R-I-A.net, and you can send us a message through there. And it's also pretty easy to upload a story to the website. There's actually a Tell Your Story page where you can write your own story in Spanish or in English. You can put in your name, a pseudonym, a nickname, whatever, and you post that, and it'll come to us. We'll check it, and then we will 
send it out into the world on our story archive. So that's I happening for me, Storia. I'm right there. You literally click. I can, I can, I can upload a story as we're you talking can, right You now. can upload a story. And uh, for Adios Amor, the film, we are going to continue to be active. We have, I think it's about 10 screenings happening around the country. Um, just in the next two months, three months. And Can you go into all those? We won't go to all of them uh, because we're starving sorry, artists. <laughs> we are starving <laughs> artists. You know, if somebody donates an airplane ticket to us, we go, or some organizations invite us and they can afford to sponsor us. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I would say about that is the, the work continues. We're currently, I'm working with some young professors in the Central Valley on a project called uh, Harvesting Our History. And the idea of that project is to use Adios Amor as just kind of like a discussion tool to start a conversation with students about doing community history, telling their own stories, doing oral history, uh, connecting the dots between their stories, their family stories, their community stories, and this big thing that we call American history to end that, you know, how we are, we are American history. Yeah. You know, that, uh, that the Latino community is American history and that uh, we're, so we're, we're looking at ways to do that. I'm working with Oliver Rosales at Bakersfield College, uh, Romeo Guzman at Cal State Fresno, and Mario Cifuentes at UC Merced. Uh, and um, there's also a young professor here at UC Santa Cruz named Veronica Terriquez, and she's been doing a civic engagement project in, this, in the Central Valley to get young people uh, interested in going out, knocking on doors, registering people to vote, and just... Uh, yeah, just taking it to the next level. So there's a lot of great efforts going on out there, and Adios Amor is just like one piece of that. Yeah, go to the storytelling workshop. That's, yeah, learn how to tell a story, you'll always tell a story. ¿Y tú qué quieres contar de los próximos pasos para la Alianza? Oh, Alianza Nacional de Campesinas. Can I speak in Spanish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the latest. Yeah, most of our audience speaks Spanish. Yeah, now it's the Spanish time. Okay. Uh, pues yo deseo hacer una invitación a través de Alianza Nacional de Campesinas que nosotros estamos buscando organizaciones de mujeres que quieran ser apoyadas, ya que dentro de la misión de Alianza Nacional de Campesinas es unificar ¿verdad? a la mujer campesina y entonces se puede hacer un poquito más fuerte la lucha ¿verdad? para que así nosotros tengamos la, la fortaleza de nosotros mismos exigir nuestros derechos humanos tanto políticamente socialmente, económicamente y que seamos respetadas Sí, son derechos humanos, como dicen, no, sí. no, no derechos de este país o de ese estado, son derechos humanos de donde sea. Definitivamente. Este, hoy es el tiempo en que muchísima gente está sufriendo por las situaciones de inmigración, como vemos, ¿verdad? Pero que siempre estamos diciendo que no pierdan la esperanza, que el gobierno está hecho por nosotros, sí. por los ciudadanos. ¿Verdad? Los ciudadanos somos los que votamos. 
Sí, y tenemos que ayudar a otros que no están aquí, ¿verdad? Dentro del sistema legal, pero que nosotros podemos hacer la lucha para que se abra una puerta y se legalice. Sí, muy, muy buen dicho. Porque sí, dura bastante tiempo y dinero, Aquí. Definitivamente. Ahora el problema es el problema social que estamos viendo es tremendo. Hay veces estamos diciendo que por favor escriban una carta. Aquellas mujeres que salen, tú sabes, de su casa siempre con el temor si van a volver a ver a sus hijos. Ajá. Sí, es muy importante este, hacer una carta notariada de que si algo sucede, que Dios quiera que no, ¿a quién van a dejar esos niños? Oh, nunca había pensado eso. Sí, es muy importante. Pues sí. Hay muchas mujeres que están, tú sabes, en, otro, en el otro lado de la frontera. Nosotros acabamos de estar, tú sabes, en el Paso Teja, en el Bordón, viendo cómo hay Padres de familias que están llorando y que se están dando las manos con sus hijos a través del bordo. Eso no es justo, es inhumano. Eso no debe de existir, no debe de existir. Y las personas que somos conscientes que todavía tenemos humanidad porque estamos perdiendo la humanidad, no debemos de permitir eso. No debemos de permitirlo. Entonces, una manera de, de apoyar a ellos es que, por favor, organícense bien y guarden esa carta y no tan solo la dejen en su casa. Carguen ese documento, este, una copia de ese documento firmado por ustedes con ustedes para después, si pasa algo, puedan identificar dónde están sus hijos y también poderlos reclamar. Sí, bueno, una idea que nunca había pensado y sí, sí. Y también lo que... Y todos tienen derechos también. Sí. Tengas papeles, eres ciudadano, o no tengas nada, todos tienen derechos. Todos. Y también sí, nomás, no, sí, que no tengan miedo. Sí. Y, y entiendo por qué hay miedo. Sí, no, sí. Por mí es bien fácil, yo soy así. Sí, aquí. sí, sí, sí. Pero, pero sí, no. Hay gente como yo. Y Definitivamente. Y fíjate una cosa muy curiosa. Nosotros hemos estado en las dos fronteras. La frontera norte a Canadá, la frontera México. Y la más resguardada de donde regresan gente es la frontera sur. ¿Me entiendes? Pero también pasa gente por la frontera norte. Entonces, ¿qué está pasando? ¿Qué está sucediendo? Pues sí, que, sí. Todos vienen con visa y nunca se van. Sí, ahora, <risa> sí. Y viene un mexicano. Ahora, otra, otra, otra cosa que está sucediendo, este, la gente que ha viajado, que ha ido a Guatemala, que ha ido a El Salvador, a Honduras, a Centroamérica, el terreno es hermoso. Mira, simplemente en Guatemala hay una selva tan hermosa que es la ciudad de los mayas que tú te quedas con los ojos abiertos de lo hermoso que está si tú vives en una tierra tan productiva tan bonita ¿verdad? porque de los dos lados hay mar ¿sí? ¿por qué lo dejas? 
¿Por gusto? No. Estás dejando a tus padres, a tus hermanos, a tus amigos, a tu tierra que te vio nacer. Tú estabas hablando de Salinas, todo lo que representa a ti. Imagínate toda esa gente. Esa gente no viene aquí por gusto. Viene por miedo. ¿Verdad? Y este gobierno tiene que ser muy inteligente para saber qué es lo que está haciendo que estas personas vengan. Porque no vienen por gusto. Esto es una huida. No vienen de turistas. Ellos están huyendo de un lugar peligroso. Sí, sí y por eso las palabras tienen peso. Y lo, lo siempre dicen... Um, migrants, oh, migrant care, mm -hmm. right? son refugees. Yeah. They're refugees. Yes. No, San Aos, cuando, you know, cuando en, en lo que está pasando ahí en el Middle East, you know, mm -hmm. ahí mm -hmm. son refugees. Refugees. Sí. Ah, qué pobres los refugees. Pero sí. los, los que están viniendo aquí, no, es, no, no, son migrants. Es un sí. migrant caravan. Están invading. The refugees, uh -huh. you know, son refugees también. Uh -huh. uh, y sí, sí, se me hace, no, no los hablamos así. No. no, los hablamos como que están invadiendo. Uh -huh. Sí. Y la cadena de odio, ¿verdad? Es lo que nos está deteriorando más a las personas que, que estamos aquí, ¿verdad? El odio no debe de existir. Si eres humano... El odio lo debes de descartar de tu mente, de tu corazón y de tu lengua. No debe de existir. Desde el momento en que tú hablas con odio, dejas de ser humano. Sí. Dejas de ser humano. No, sí, es odio bien, bien poderoso. ¿Mm? Y si dices, odias algo de eso, sí, estás diciendo algo sí, bien pesado. Si sí, dices, odio a esto. Sí. Y estas personas, por ejemplo, de Centroamérica, no están pasando una sola, tú sabes, eh, línea fronteriza. Hay unos que están pasando hasta tres líneas fronterizas sí. con todo el peligro del mundo. Los niños, uno como madre no va a poner a sus niños, uno los trae y se atreve a traerlos porque saben que del lugar donde está hay mucho más peligro y los trae cargando uno con esperanza de poder salvarlos. No, sí, gracias por decir todo eso porque es algo que yo lo he pensado y, pero no, no, no sé cómo decirlo, cómo, cómo, cómo explicarlo que no nomás es nuestra gente, es gente. Sí. Es gente y, y no nomás, no, no. ¿Quién, ¿Quién va a levantar su unidad? ¿Sabes qué? Eh, dale un, un trabajo a un gringo ahorita. Uh -huh. Tres mil millas arriba de un tren uh -huh. que me estén robando de todos lados. Nomás sí. para quitarle un, un, a un lechuguero un trabajo. ¿Quién, uh -huh. ¿quién, quién, quién sí. piensa así? Obvio. Sí. ¿no? Y, pero cuando llegan aquí, así es como todos los, sí. no todos los tratados, pero la mayoría de la gente. Que, sí. Ay. Y algo que hay que pensar, que no nada más son personas del campo. Mira, durante, a través de la gente que viene en las caravanas, uh 
¿verdad? Y también de México, ¿por qué no? No todos son personas que vienen de los campos. Hay muchos que son profesionistas. Hay doctores, ingenieros, enfermeras, maestras. Nómbrales, ¿verdad? A todo nivel viene, ¿sí? Entonces, ¿por qué nombrar los criminales? ¿Por qué nombrar los que no tienen educación? Porque simplemente hay veces el título profesional no lo hacen válido aquí. No, son personas educadas. Tú mismo estabas hablando de que tú has visto una persona de Guadalajara con una persona de Corea. China. China. Ok, de, de China. Ok. Edificando, ¿verdad? O trabajando juntos en un proyecto para hacer una compañía. ¿Verdad? Ahí no va, hay barreras de idioma, ahí no hay barreras, ¿verdad? Hay solamente, hay dos seres humanos con una capacidad propia e inteligencia propia para crear y hacer mejor este país. Sí. ¿No? <laughs> she, nailed, she nailed that one. <laughs> she nailed that one. Valentina, gracias. Como otra vez podemos quedarnos aquí unas tres más horas, pero sí. yo, yo soy el que. Claro que, claro que sí. Pues claro que sí. un día de esto. Pero esa, sí, esa no es nuestra ella. lucha. Y cualquier persona que se sienta deprimida, sola en este país, nos puede llamar. Yo con mucho gusto les doy mi número de teléfono si quieren hablar conmigo y los voy a atender. Es en el área 805-651-5993. Y sí, acá ahí ponemos en nuestro social media también. ¿no? Claro. Gracias por hacer esto. Gracias por invitarnos. Su programa es una inspiración. Claro que sí. Sorry. <risa> más, gracias Osvaldo. más programas así pues sí pues ahorita cuando paramos esto hablamos más de eso <risa> All right, well we've been switching back and forth yeah. it's yeah. pretty neat that we can do this people say oh you speak Spanish how cool is that that you can just go from back and forth and do that uh, but anyway uh, thanks again uh, for three of you for being here and Um, thanks for everyone for listening. I, I hope these are the ones that I, I wish we could get a million downloads for these. You know, when we're talking about like, yeah, there's a beer festival on Saturday, whatever, you know, we don't need that many. But this one would be like, I'd love to get a million, a million downloads. But um, thanks for being on it. Thank you for sharing thank the story. Thank and for... thank you for coming down to Selena's to share your story and of your course. efforts. Um, Anytime. Yeah. And now we're friends. So <laughs> reach out whenever. Thank you for yeah. your work. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's really great. Yeah.